0: We've got this emotional history after all those 50 years that actually has been somewhat baked within us since we were children by our parents, our teachers, our siblings. But then the next step of awareness is that we can actually change those limiting beliefs, that, that uh, what lies below the, the waterline, if you will, our subconscious behavior.
1: Welcome to Management Development Unlocked, where you will learn how to nurture a world-class management team. And now your host, Eric Gerard. Welcome back to Management Development Unlocked. I am really glad you're here. Please remember to support the show by subscribing, commenting, and sharing. Today, I am honored to have Mark Pansiero with me. Mark, welcome to the show. You have a very impressive background. Tell us, who are you and what do you do?
0: Thanks so much, Eric. It's great to be here with you. What do I do? I'm the lead caregiver, if you will, at the Pacific Institute. Title is CEO, but I'm just committed to really providing people tools to think about what they think about, help them think in a way that really illuminates their potential to drive greater personal and professional performance than ever before. All right. Well, you're you're being awfully modest because
1: your your bio goes on for a while, but we'll go with that. That's okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so today we are here to talk about mindset. And that's that's a topic that is near and dear to me as I as I try to improve my mindset. And I think that new managers are going to get a lot out of out of this topic. So I'm excited. Certainly. Certainly. So let's start at the top of the funnel. What is mindset?
0: Yeah. Great question. And what we do at the Pacific Institute is do our best to create something very tangible out of an intangible concept mindset. But if you distill it down, mindset is our collection of habits, attitudes, beliefs, and expectations that we've just accumulated over time. If we want to parse out the most important element of mindset, what I can declare is that it's all about our beliefs. What beliefs are, are holding us back from real breakthrough, performing in ways that we, that we want to, or what beliefs really might be serving us uh, liberating beliefs that might be helping us charge ahead. But you know, if you want to put a definition to mindset, it's it's our collection of habits, attitudes, beliefs, and expectations that drive our decision making and in turn our performance. That is, yeah, that I love how you
1: break that down and make it simple. That is that is really helpful. So let's let's talk about how we use mindset and, and how, sure. a, how a new manager or anybody listening to the show can use mindset. And so my next question is. How do you use mindset to better your own
0: results? Well, the first step in recovery as I say is awareness. And so as I mentioned in my intro, the first step is the awareness that we have 50 to 70,000 thoughts that go through our mind each day and the majority of them are negative actually. So we got to s- snap ourselves out of the mindsets that aren't serving us. So how do we do that? Well, we are a- we become aware of the fact that we might we might have some limiting beliefs and then in turn reframe those limiting beliefs to focus on specifically what we want as better outcomes and recast our beliefs to say to ourselves yeah we can achieve that we just have to go at it a different way so how can we translate mindset into a skill set the first step is the awareness that we need to make a change and then think about what we're thinking about as it relates to what we want as the ultimate outcome
1: and that actually ties in well with a practice i just picked up which is mindful mindfulness meditation oh, and, and yeah. just being aware of the thoughts that go through your head you know not necessarily yes. you know to judge them just to be like oh you know look at that
0: Right on. And, I, and trading upon that, the next step in the process is acceptance that you want something to change, but it might be okay just as it is. So we don't have to continually look for advancements, but it's awareness first and then the acceptance, okay, this really isn't serving me, whether it is a relationship in your personal life or the performance of someone that a manager is responsible for. And then after the acceptance of, the, of wanting to change those, those outward signs, well, what's the action that we're going to take in order to make those changes? Because you know, without action, uh, you're not going to be able to execute. So it's awareness, acceptance, action, and then celebrating the achievement because that's what's going to create that cycle of success all over again.
1: Yeah. Celebrate the small wins. Absolutely.
0: Touche. Yeah,
1: good stuff. Okay. Let's use me as an example. I am 53, I'm going to be 54 in a month, October 13th, and uh, presents may be sent to my home address. (laughs) (laughs) To
0: show you again.
1: I have at least 50 years of unhelpful beliefs to unwind. So, you know, I bet a lot of folks are in the same boat where they're like, you know, well, I've been, this is just something I've done my whole life. And the thoughts like, I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, what am I doing, things like that. So how do I start?
0: Yeah, you've hit on so many good things. Remember, I mentioned about the 50 to 70,000 thoughts, and the majority of them are negative. You just mentioned them. You know, I'm just not enough. Well, the first step, again, is the awareness that we've got this emotional history after all those 50 years that actually has been somewhat baked within us since we were children by our parents, our teachers, our siblings. But then the next step, of awareness is that we can actually change those limiting beliefs that that uh, what lies below the the waterline, if you will, our subconscious behavior. And so the awareness that you can change it because people say, "Oh, well, I'm just that way." Epigenetics, science, and that's what we make sure. That's what we do at the Pacific Institute. We validate these concepts, and science proves out that you can actually change your mindset at a cellular level. Crazy, but you need to practice these steps because you really aren't born the way you you might consider you are and that you are just hardwired to continue along the path that you have been in your 53-odd years. So, again, first step is, okay, I want to change this behavior. Yes, it's rooted in the past, but I have the ability to change, and that's through visualization, affirmation, and that awareness, acceptance, action, achievement process, as I mentioned before.
1: Okay, so you mentioned visualization and acceptance. Are the, were those the two things?
0: Visualization and affirmation. affirmation. So I, I can give you the specifics in that regard, if you like. Lo- in those regards. Would yeah, so use,
1: use me as a, as a mini case study here. So, so what, what would I do today? to start unwinding 50 years of, you know, you're bad, wrong, not good enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, great point. Number one is let's not boil the ocean. So what is one thing, one main thing, you know, keep the main thing, the main thing that you believe is holding you back. And uh, what is the belief that is driving that hold back? I can go deeper with you in that regard. Can I ask you one, putting you on the spot a bit, using you as a case study? Sure. Yeah. What might be something you want to change, please?
1: I'll, I'll take something personal. The, the fact okay. that that I, I struggle to see myself
0: as a great dad. So I don't, I, you know, it's like, you know, you're, you're not a good enough dad. I'm assuming your kids don't believe that. As a matter <laughs> of fact, I believe it's beyond assumption. So you've got proof positive. You got you got facts in front of you that prove you wrong. But let's 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 go further into that. I'd, I'd ask you know why do you believe that? Would you mind sharing? Why why might you believe that you're not a great dad?
1: just because i i struggle in my relationship with one of my daughters i have twin 14 year old daughters and i struggle in my relationship with one of them it's kind of it's kind of hot and cold you know we love each other we love each other and then we have conflict and we butt heads and it's really difficult
0: Yeah. Well, I can tell you you're not alone, great dad, because I got three and I had that on and off relationship as well. But what you must do is identify first what you want to change. And that is that relationship that you have, the the manic one up and down, hot and cold with that one daughter, with your one daughter. And then after identifying that and that belief You need to flick back into the times when things were going very, very well with your daughter and flick those up in order to visualize more of them. Because when you focus on more of what you want to have happen, more of the less of those things that you want to diminish go away, there's an inverse relationship there. Because when you focus on the times that served you and your daughter well and less on the times that didn't go well with you, you're moving out of that downward spiral of darn it all, this always happens. And so that's the visualization. So whether it be a special time out with her at dinner or one of her events or watching a special sunrise or sunset, it is replaying that in your mind and sharing that storyline with her, even in the face of adversity, when things aren't going well. I love you so very much. We had such a wonderful Saturday together. Then darn it all, homework threw us off. Well, let's, let's really trade on, on how much we do care about one another and try to work through this, this homework dilemma that we're facing. So tying it back to the concepts, visualizing it fixed. You know, that's the replacement picture. That's the direction you want to go and start affirming, whether it's written affirmation or outward affirmation with your daughter of of how you want the behaviors to continue. So that is the more of, less of concept that will move you towards. Now, it's not going to diminish. It's not going to go away right away. It's not a light switch kind of scenario, but that is how we recast. It's actually new neural programming and it drives synaptic firings in our brains along with your daughter's mind as well in order for us to move towards that replacement picture and the fix, if you will, for both of you
1: and it's something that takes time that that takes small moves small degrees over time so this is without like to-
0: question it's 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 repetition you 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 must repetitions the mother of learning and you must have stamina otherwise a new habit is not going to be created the only way you're going to habitualize behavior is to repeat it and we have so many examples about that new year's resolutions well, all of a sudden you get up on January 1st and, and you know, you don't push the alarm clock snooze button. You're out there, you know, uh, d- d- doing your exercise. All of a sudden, January 2nd comes around and you push the snooze button. Well, <laughs> one data point doesn't make a new a new habit. You need multiple data points. Don't press the snooze button. Trip over your sneakers as you get out of bed. So you have that priming to create new habits because that then will create a new comfort zone for your mindset.
1: Yeah, I love it. Good stuff. Well, you know, what I love is this is, I mean, it it sounds deceptively simple, but it starts with what you, what I, I love how you said the more of less of concept of just dialing up the behavior or the thoughts you want and dialing down the behaviors or thoughts you
0: don't want over time. Without question, because if you focus on that homework dilemma, and it always happens this way, we are teleological. we're teleological. We're pulled towards what we think about. So if you're thinking about what's not working for you, we're going to be we're going to manifest that. And it's not this isn't just vaporware. It is how our brain works. All of what I'm expressing is backed by research science. And so you need to. Create that picture in our mind because we move towards the most vivid image in our mind with the highest emotion of what we do want, and then what's been holding us back starts to dissipate because we're focused on actions to to secure what uh, you know that replacement picture, what we are interested in performing. Nice, I love it. Well, let's let's now start to
1: apply this to new managers and new leaders. So specifically for a new manager and a new leader, what's a crucial mindset you need to have?
0: That leaders, managers, their primary responsibility is to illuminate the potential in those that they lead. What do I mean by that? New managers need to realize that everyone has these habits, attitudes, beliefs, and expectations in their mind, just as we do. But we have a responsibility to positively influence those habits, as we call them, habits, attitudes, beliefs, and expectations in those that we serve. And by doing so, you illuminate their potential to get the job done that you are looking for. So it's your responsibility to have them think about what they're thinking about, have them focus on the replacement picture, what it looks like fixed, have them feel wedded to the higher purpose of their responsibilities, that their effort met that their effort excuse me matters. So make sure that we are translating our own mindset in in a, a performance oriented way to those that we are serving, to those that we are leading and that's why I called myself a lead caregiver because it truly is it needs to be done in a caregiving fashion in order to solicit and elicit the performance metrics if you will that you want out of those that you lead. Well continuing on with that Let's let's double click on how do you
1: help your team form a more productive mindset. So we talked about how you can help create your own productive mindset. Yeah. How do you, as a manager, not a scientist, not not a neuro linguistic guru? Yeah. How do you take small steps to help your team feel more productive, be more productive, and and create that that
0: that productive mindset, that positive mindset? We've really embraced you know, a model called the 3M model, model, mentor, and monitor that is simplistic, but profound. And that is modeling the behavior that you are expecting from those that you lead. So walk the walk, talk the talk. In turn, then mentor others up to that next level of performance, making sure that they are then held accountable. So model, mentor, monitor that they are doing the job. So those three Ms, that acronym model, mentor, monitor is, is again, very profound, but very simple. Am I living the very attributes and I living the values of the organization to share with others through example, what I want from them and then uh, be a coach, a head coach to them to help them behave in that same way based on their beliefs. And then monitor them, make sure they're held accountable. So model, mentor, and monitor. Model, mentor, monitor. Nice. Okay. I love, and I love that. And that will drive engagement because people will feel cared for, people will feel important in their roles. And that's how you drive engagement. Make sure that they feel that they're a that they are part of a, a higher purpose and their and their effort matters based on your attention to that model, mentor, monitor construct, because you are truly being a caregiver to them, but, but holding them accountable for the metrics. You know, we got to make sure that we are getting the job done as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This isn't, this isn't all just touchy feely, you know, I I feel good and that's nice. It's like, okay, you're, we're changing mindset in order to have a more positive self-image so that we get more done
0: and, and benefit
1: the organization.
0: Yeah, you know, we've got extraordinary results all tied to organizational culture. So, when you roll up everyone's mindset and organization, that's collectively called culture. It's the collective habits, attitudes, beliefs, and expectations of everyone. And uh, when you align a culture, you absolutely will drive greater performance, whether it's top line revenue, bottom line profitability, increased sales, increased efficiencies, uh, adoption and adaptation to changes in organization more, more swiftly, more quickly. And, and a great, you know, I, I use this little clip um, just to get the point across. And I say, you know, money's not the most important thing, but darn it all, it's right up there with oxygen. You know, without the the dough, we ain't buying the groceries. We're not going to be able to cover payroll. We're not going to make our quarterly earnings. And so managers must adopt that concept because performance, actually, the metrics say, are tied to 81% mindset, 19% skill set. So you need the tools. You need to know how to run the machinery. You need to know how to cook the meal. You know how to, the, the pilot needs to know how to fly the plane. However, to drive organizational uh, a constructive organizational culture to drive ultimate performance, it's all rooted in mindset. Getting everybody rowing in the same direction, aligned as a team, on understanding what what winning looks like.
1: Yeah, and I I like the the analogy of rowing because my wife is a rower, and that that that
0: just plays well. We talk about rowing a lot in our house. So. well imagine it and go deeper mm-hmm. I, I live here on the water i see the crew teams coming by the local universities but imagine if one of those rowers were rowing in the opposite direction it's just bizarre it's just bizarre or or and i don't know the actual name of the individual the coach on the in, in the you know in in the uh on the rowing team but if he was he or she was out of cadence you know it just is not you're not going to win the race no. proverbially speaking no you're not well, let's let's not divert
1: down down the the rowing path because okay. okay. <laughs> uh, vicariously, vicariously, I I know a lot about crew and rowing
0: now. Crew, there you go, the yeah. crew, right?
1: Yeah. Well, let's let's transition now and talk about you a little bit. Do you have a product or a service you'd like to talk about?
0: Oh, well, we've got. We actually have. A, the user's guide to one's mind. What do I mean by that? We've got an extraordinary mindset curriculum. It's called Invent Your Future. We actually have an upcoming program next week. I'll send you the link on that. We deliver it virtually. Certainly we can come into organizations and do cultural transformation for the whole company, but I'll send you the link. It's called Invent Your Future. It's coming up next week. And it is it actually teaches mindset in uh, with application content with context so people can use it immediately to help themselves personally and professionally
1: cool okay yeah that sounds really good and you know just in transparency i've been through your online program and just and loved it and that's part of the reason why we're talking here so good good stuff all right well a little more about you let's let's learn a little bit more about mark I've got a series of questions here. I call them the lightning round. It's, it's nothing too intimidating, nothing too personal, but just a chance for us to get to know you a little bit better. You game? Thank you. Yeah. I am. All right, let's do it. So if we could switch seats, if you could interview anyone, anyone, living or dead, who would it be and why?
0: Yeah. Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich, what the mind of man can conceive and believe it can achieve. That is my mantra. I have not always been in the mindset business, the reason why I call myself a caregiver is because I, I own funeral homes here in Southeast Florida, and I learned at the Pacific Institute through our grief recovery program 15 odd years ago. And, and I read Napoleon's book then, Think and Grow Rich, and that was just a, it was a seminal moment in my life. I burnt the boats and moved towards, I ran towards the roar, roar if you will, the replacement picture for myself, the very things I was teaching earlier. And that mantra from that book changed my life because that is visualization. That is, is, is the use of affirmation in a way that manifests greater performance, at least in my life, than ever before. So Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. All right. That's a book I haven't read yet. Favorite vacation spot and why? Yeah, I've been to some special places, but I'm gonna tell you a place that I haven't been to yet. And <laughs> it's Bora Bora. So to my team who might be listening, I know I'm promising when we hit our numbers, we're all going to, go to Bora Bora. To my wife who's listening, why? Those stilt houses, just call me. You know, no Wi-Fi connection. The stilt houses, I love the majesty of the ocean. I live here in South Florida on the ocean. It's just so majestic, but also foreboding. But yeah, those stilt houses, no Wi-Fi, and just you know, laid back, laid back, and some maybe uh, adult beverages mixed in there as well.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to the tropics, may I suggest you take up scuba diving?
0: Oh, my friend, we did talk about that. I, I know you're a more advanced diver than me, but I'm I'm certified with my wife oh, and I okay. want to get back in the water. Time to get wet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go take a refresher so and go beautiful. go see some coral and some fish in Bora Bora. Uh,
0: oh, it's just a whole night. It's just so beautiful. Yes. Nice.
1: And my last lightning round question for you is what brings you the most joy in your life? That's
0: a great question. I I believe the very, and and just a little plug for your audience, whoever watches TED Talks, please look up mine because it talks about this process that I just shared. And it's the life process that I have employed and based on that process the greatest joy is how this is manifested in my children and so eric trust me i had the same challenges with mine and now i've got a grown surgeon a cpa working for a big 4 and and mark anthony who who runs the family business the family funeral home business with my with my wife but the manifestation of these very concepts in my children's lives when they used to dog me for teaching them without teaching them, if you will, and now they're teaching me in return. I just, uh, I'm a blessed dad. And, um, and that is now bringing me the best joy. And certainly this, is my, you know, my incredible wife being a part of the process along the way.
1: Amazing. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you. Well, thank you very much, Mark. I really enjoyed our conversation. This is this was fabulous.
0: How can people find you if they want to learn more? Thank you. Thepacificinstitute.com and markpansierra.com, uh, landing page. But I, you know, I'm, I'm available to present these, these extraordinary gold nuggets to individuals, to groups, to, to organizations. But yeah, thepacificinstitute.com or MarkPanciera.com, but both for the same ultimate goal. And that is for me to be an advocate for mindset. And to continue my caregiving journey, providing folks the tools to 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 think differently to become extraordinary. Amazing! All right. Well, thank you, and thank you for listening.
1: Please subscribe, comment, share, and connect with me on LinkedIn. Watch for my book, "Lead Like a Pro: The Essential Guide for New Managers," coming September twentieth. That is screaming toward us. We will catch you on the next one. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Management Development Unlocked. Want more? Get a ton of insider tips and tools at gerardtrainingsolutions.com.